Hello and welcome to the Double Double. My name is David Dixon and joining me for his weekly football segment is Taylor Silva. Taylor, what's going on? What's up, David? Glad to be back on. Doing doing great. You know, a lot of different things have happened in the football world since uh, we last talked. Uh, a lot of exciting things and we're going to focus mainly on the NFL today. There's a lot of NFL-related topics. College football, those games will be happening uh, December 28th. So we're going to focus mainly on the NFL today. We're recording this on Friday, and we're able to do that because there is no Thursday night football games this week, Taylor. And instead, there are Saturday football games. So are you a fan of the Saturday slate in general for the NFL? Uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. That's uh, I don't know if it it doesn't really. I don't dislike it or like it. I guess I'm pretty neutral. But it's I guess I like it more in the January season for uh, for Saturday games. But it's I don't know. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's weird. It's weird not having a Thursday night this week and just having three on Saturday. It does help that the Saturday games are really good. That they were good able games, to yeah. to slot some good teams. Uh, because it, because you know, people think of Saturday as like college football, and you know, if there's were weaker matchups or weaker games, uh, like for example, if 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 they put Cincinnati Miami on Saturday instead of Sunday, that that would definitely hurt uh, hurt the interest levels. But as you as we'll talk about, but there's some good games. You got Houston Tampa Bay, Buffalo at New England, and. The Rams at San Francisco. It's kind of like the Thanksgiving uh, day slate in terms of like how they structure the time for each of those games, which I think was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, like you said, we got really good games. I'm pretty excited for tomorrow. The uh, Houston Tampa game should be, I mean, you know, electric with Jameis and uh, Deshaun, and then yeah, uh, the two games after that, Buffalo New England and Rams Niners are going to be two really really good games. I'm, I'm excited. So so let's just jump right right into that and and to the guy you just said, Jameis Winston. Um just the season he's having is insane. Like he's legitimately having one of the craziest quarterbacking seasons that I can remember in in like the last few years where he has he's first in the league in passing yards, he's second in touchdowns. And I think he's also second in interceptions, too. Well, he's first in picks. First in picks, sorry. He, right, so he has 30 touchdowns, 24 interceptions, and has thrown for over 4,500 yards. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it doesn't, I mean, it's, it's crazy. He's it, just, I mean, he's, I mean, I, I don't know. He's just going out there and he's just slinging it every time. And, I mean, they're, He's got two thousand yard receivers next to him with Godwin and uh, uh, Mike Evans, and uh, it's just—I mean, they're—it's crazy. And uh, he just—I mean, he just keeps—he'll throw a pick, and I mean, he's he consistently throwing a pick, and by one thirty Eastern time, you know what I mean? He's just—I mean, it's—but somehow they just—I mean, keep winning games, and he keeps just putting up ridiculous numbers. I don't know how he's how he's doing it. Uh, so his 30 touchdowns rank second in the NFL behind Lamar Jackson. His interceptions rank first in the NFL by six. He's thrown six more interceptions than anyone else through 14 games. And he's thrown 200 more yards than the next close guy, who's Dak Prescott. And after that, it's Phillip Rivers, who's he's thrown 500 more yards then. I mean, it's it's insane. If, if, if you were to tell anyone before the season that's that he would have 24 interceptions you'd say oh he's probably benched and uh no one would pick him up next year but he's going to get a big offer next year i don't know if he'll be from tampa bay but he'll get a big offer somewhere and because he's like playing russian roulette yep. he'll either he's- he, he either lead you to the playoffs or you could have a top five pick he's I don't know what's going to happen with him next year. Like you said, I mean, he's he's pretty careless with the ball, but, I mean, at the same time, he's putting up, I mean, ridiculous stats. And, he's, I mean, he's still got a good arm, and it's 
I really, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens to him in the offseason. If Tampa Bay sticks with him or decides to move off. And he was a baseball player in college. He pitched at Florida State, I think his first two years. And the way he plays quarterback is a little bit like a like a pitcher in that he has such a short memory when he turns the ball over. It's like he's a pitcher where he doesn't really get stressed out if he gave up a hit or if he walked someone or gave up a home run. He kind of just focuses on the next play and can come back and strike out the side after giving up a home run. Like he throw an interception and then have eight straight completions for a touchdown. You know, it's like he just has such a short memory. It feels like about his mistakes that I think makes him maybe a little bit more of a mature quarterback than we think for a guy who has as many turnovers as he does. Yeah. Uh, kind of cool fact or whatever, but we, we played his high school team and, uh, in baseball our year when he played for Huey town, it was pretty cool. They had a Padres scout at our game, but, uh, Anyways, he was, yeah, I mean, like you said, at Florida State, he plays like a pitcher. I mean, he's, that's what he did. He played that in the outfield, and he just kind of, I mean, it's his game. And if he makes a mistake, he's, I mean, still, like you said, he's not afraid to come back and keep firing. So let's let's jump right into the right into the games. We spent too much time on, on Jameis Winston, but right into the game. <laughs> game of, I think the game of the week, because it's the only true game with real playoff division, uh, implications Cowboys at Eagles 7-7 seven and seven versus 7-7 seven and seven for the battle of the NFC least uh, the winner of this game I think wins the division and clinches that fourth playoff spot the fourth seed in, in the NFC this game is played on Sunday afternoon this game is, is, at, uh, is at 425 and I don't know what to expect in this one but I think the Eagles will win. I don't know how ugly or pretty the game will be, but I think the Eagles will win. Yeah, this is this one's this is gonna be a weird game. Uh, do we know what, what's what's the injury update on Dak? I saw yesterday that he was he had the shoulder, but do we know if he's playing? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Dak is active, so it's Dak okay. is playing. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I think I might be against you here. Uh, I think I might take the Cowboys, but I think it's going to be a weird game. Uh, uh, it's Like you said, it's, I mean, they're two seven and seven teams, but I mean, the winner is going to win the division. It's, I mean, that's huge to be able to play uh, one of these top NFC dogs at home. But uh, I, yeah, this, it's, this is, this is going to be a weird one. I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm leaning Cowboys, but. I think it's going to be a really good game, and uh, I think it's going to be, I mean, who doesn't make the mistakes? I think that's going to be what it comes down to because both teams are banged up, and I just, I don't, I don't see one team dominating the other. Which, which team do you think has the coaching advantage? Because Doug Peterson and Jason Garrett are both criticized a lot for being not, let's just say, not at the top of their craft. I'm gonna probably lean Eagles, but like you said, yeah, uh, Peterson's not the best. I like the assistant coaches with Peterson. I was a big, I'm a big fan of Coach Statlin, the O line coach. Uh, I just, I, uh, I'm probably gonna leave Eagles for for that. Okay, yeah, I, I probably think Peterson is is a better coach as well, but I, the Cowboys just have. I just can't remember the Cowboys really winning a big game in in my lifetime where they're on national TV and they come through when it matters the most, you know? And yep. and this reminds me a lot when the Giants, my my New York my beloved New York Giants when we were we had the same type of situation that the Eagles are in now. We were at home. It was week 17 not week 16 in 2011. Uh Winner versus the Cowboys wins the division and makes the playoffs, and we crushed them. And it was you know, Victor Cruz had a big touchdown, and the Cowboys didn't really come to play. I know that was what eight years ago, but there's just a lot of it feels like bad juju around the Cowboys in these in these big games. I don't know if the players buy into it or believe it, but you never want to say that they're cursed, but it but it feels like a lot of things go wrong for them. In, in these yeah. games 
No, you're you're not wrong there for sure. They they it seems like they do have some bad juju or something going on in these games. I feel like if, if I mean if Kellen Moore if they just stick to just just a ground and pound, just run the ball and don't be don't get cute with these pass plays. Just just play a normal football game, pretty basic. I feel like they got. I just feel like they. I feel like they would win the game. Just run the ball and then set up Zach with the play action. It's. It's amazing because they have Zeke, and Zeke's having a good year. But this Dallas team leads the NFL in total offensive yards per game, and they're second in the league to Tampa Bay in passing yards a game. So mm-hmm. they're letting Dak air the ball out. Uh, but it's funny you say that in, in December, I don't know what the weather will be in Philadelphia on Sunday, but if, it's, if the weather here in New York City is any indication uh of what it will be is that it will be cold uh you have to wonder if as if if, as you said if it's zeke if it's a zeke take us home type of game let's see sunday will be high of 47 low 28 so it'll be chilly but not like a disastrous weather day so but but either way it's a I would I, I think that's a really interesting point of should they just give it to Zeke and have and should Zeke get thirty five carries on Sunday? And I think if they do that, it's going to strengthen the game and help the defense out overall. Where I mean, it's if Wentz makes a mistake or whoever, I think that that could be the deciding factor because I mean, I think if they if they pound Zeke, it's going to chew the clock. It's it's just I think they can move the ball doing that way. Though the Eagles do have one of the best run defenses in the NFL, they're, they do. they're third in the league in rushing yards allowed per game at just under ninety-one. Yep. So we'll see. There's a lot of really interesting matchups. Wentz has gotten paid. This is the last thing I want to talk about for this game. Wentz has Wentz got paid before the year. He reset the quarterback market. I think was he signed before or after golf? I forget what what order it went in, but. He reset the quarterback market. He's got that huge hundred plus million dollar contract. Dak is waiting to get paid, and Dak has said a big theme throughout this whole season has been Dak's contract. Do you, do you think he has to win tomorrow's or this game on Sunday to to affirm to the Cowboys that he's worth the X amount of dollars that that he's asking for? Yeah, I think this is a must-win for him, no doubt. I think he he has to win this game. Also, I I, I heard uh, like a week or two ago that I mean that the Cowboys might franchise tag Dag this year. So I think he kind of I feel like that that forty million dollar contract is kind of already out of his window, and that uh, he I mean he might have been I mean you know I mean hindsight's always twenty twenty, but he might have should have taken that thirty million dollar deal. But uh, yeah, I think either way, I think. I think Sunday is a must-win for Dak Prescott. I totally agree. And just a side tangent about the franchise tag, if that's true, then the way the franchise tag works, if I'm pretty sure, is that you basically make the average of the top five earners at your position. So Dak will make a lot of money next year if he signs the franchise tag. I get he wants the long-term security but and not live on just the one-year contracts. But the NFL, they can cut you at, at any time, and I understand the guaranteed money is a really big deal. But I don't know. I, the The franchise tag of making thirty two million doesn't seem that bad to me. No, I think it's just more of the security. I think it just like you said, just kind of getting that lockdown, the guaranteed money, and all that. It's kind of a big deal for them. But uh, all right. So you're saying Cowboys? I'm saying Eagles. Uh, will definitely be interesting to see what happens and who wins the NFC least. Next game, <laughs> the next game on the slate, Bills at Patriots. What what are your thoughts when when I'm telling you that the Buffalo Bills are playing a game that matters for the division in December? Um, I'm I'm so fired up for this game. This one I've been looking forward to for weeks. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, all my friends know I've been a, a big Buffalo backer this year. I think they've been, I mean, a legitimate team. Josh Allen's making enough plays just uh, just to win the games, and that defense is so good. Um, I'm a big Buffalo fan. I think the, the coaching staff is a great coaching staff. I'm 
Like I said, I'm fired up for this game. I cannot wait for this football game. I thought that the Bills should have won against the Pats earlier in the year, but Josh Allen got hurt. I think he got a concussion in that game, so yep. he had to, so he had to be out. This might be these. I mean, this is definitely the matchup of the two best defenses in the AFC. Uh, and I think this will be another real test to see where is Tom Brady and the Patriots offense versus the Bills because the Bills are going to make this a really low-scoring game because that defense is really good. And the Pats defense is good too. So this isn't going to be a, a a shootout by any means. It's I'm expecting this to be, you know, I'd be surprised if the winning team scores 20 points in in this one. And it will be interesting to see what the what Brady looks like against another really, really good defense and if these receivers can get open for him. And is it truly a, can the receivers just not get open or is Brady not Brady anymore? Yeah, I, I think it's still just the, he needs more help around him. I'm not, I'm not getting out time yet. Uh, prediction, probably still think the pass win this game. Might, might end up covering the six and a half. I just, I'm just just excited that I mean Buffalo finally they're they're playing in this big of a game where they got to put pressure on Tom and he's got to he's got to be the Tom that we've seen the past couple of years because I mean he's like you said this is for the division uh, I know the Pats still have to lose next week if uh, to lose the division but still this is I mean this is this is the game of the year for both teams for uh, in this division and this is the one that I think Tom will show us back that. You know, it's it's still he's still got it, and he, if if he had the weapons around him, he'd he'd be a lot better. And this is a huge game for Buffalo because it's this is like, hey, Buffalo has arrived, and this is a chance for them. I don't know how many people watched them last week on the Sunday Night Football against Duck Hodges and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That might have been a week where some people, you know, chose took to off. walk, yeah, took off, chose to walk walk the dog, check out some TV with their family on on Sunday night and not dive into the Josh Allen Duck Hodges matchup but this is a chance that they can tell everyone it's on it, this game is on that is on Saturday afternoon this is a chance for them to prove to everyone watching that hey we're for real our defense is legit and that Josh Allen is a good pro quarterback he's so much better than I thought he would be Taylor like it's absurd yeah, I was I wasn't a big fan of him coming out either. But after I watched the first couple of games of Buffalo, uh, his first few starts, and uh, I could see that he—I mean—he's got a little dog in him. I mean, he, he fights, he makes enough plays, and you can just see they, they play around him. It seems like they really they take to him, and it seems like they Buffalo kind of found their leader this uh, this year. And he's a much much better athlete than people thought he was. He crushed yes. he crushed the combine, and you know. I I have a lot of I have a love hate relationship with the NFL Combine and the Underwear Olympics that that it is, but he proved that those numbers translate with with the pads on. Yep, that exactly that he he's a freak athlete and people don't think of it that way because he's stuck out in out in Buffalo and his first year he really struggled throwing the ball, but uh, the guy's a the guy's a freak athlete. So who do you think wins this one? The Pats. Yeah, I still think the Pats. Uh, I think they'll probably get it done, but I think, I think both, like you said, I think Buffalo is going to show and show show everybody that hasn't really paid attention to them yet that they they're a legitimate team and that they they could. I mean, they 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 could upset somebody this year in the playoffs. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I I agree with you. I think you know what the Pats haven't lost that division game that they always lose yet. They always lose one division game. A year and so i'm going to say it's it's this week the bills are going to go into foxborough and beat them this is going to be josh allen's signature win as a young as a young quarterback in, in this league and i think it'll be a really low scoring game but i think that the the troubles with the pats offense and we'll get into this a, a little bit later on but i think that the tr- the struggles of the patriots offense continue when they're not playing cincinnati and they can score 34 points pretty easily. So I say the Bills, you say the Patriots split again. Next game, Rams at 49ers. 
I, I'm pretty excited for this one. I know the Rams have had their struggles and have been up and down a lot, but I I think this has a chance. You know, it's a division game, so throw out the records, right? That's what everyone says, division games, throw out all, all the records. I think this one has a chance to be really good. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, the Rams are starting to play a little better. Uh Niners are gonna. I mean, they're, they're still battling for uh, playoffs. So I mean, it's, both teams are probably going to be coming to play. Uh, I think the Rams are eliminated from the playoffs now. Is that correct? Uh, they. Do you know that they very well could be because they are eight and six. Yeah, they're eight and six. Yeah, they should be out. And the NFC is just so loaded. I mean, they're they're the third team in their division. I I can pull it up really quickly. Uh, yep. But. Yeah, they are. They're they're seventh in in the division. That they, I think if Minnesota wins this week, they're they're out because their only chance now is the sixth seed. Yep. So yeah, I, I think that's that's what the interesting part is. I mean, we don't really know if the Rams are going to come to play like they have been lately. Which I mean, I, I still expect they will. Uh, but Niners. I mean, Niners are <laughs> Niners are looking good. They uh, they're going to bounce back, and they're they're still trying to. Uh, battle for uh, that top seed. Yeah, you know the the Falcons are weird, right? Because the Falcons, the Falcons had this big win over the Niners on the road. Like Atlanta went into San Francisco or really Santa Clara, and they won that game. The Falcons also beat the Eagles this year. They beat the Saints by a lot in in New Orleans. Like this Atlanta team seemingly just comes and they crushed Carolina on the road too. This this Falcons team seems to do better when they're on the road. They band together and they win these games on the road that don't make any sense. Yeah, it was that, that was like you said that was that was really weird. Uh, it's kind of just setting up perfectly for Seattle. That's Seriously, when, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's coming down to that week seventeen next week's going to be. I mean, it's going to be. In, epic battle between Seattle and Niners and we'll see who comes out for that division yeah it's uh, Niners Niners they, they choked a couple of those that uh, they could have clinched and like you said I don't, I don't know they just let Atlanta come down in that final drive and win the game with the Julio catch which was just an absurd play and it just yep. reminds you that literally on any given Sunday anything can happen in the NFL just because Julio is really good and even a bad team like Atlanta has these superstar players, but yep. but going but 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 talk about the Rams for a second. Still, this team started three and zero. They get destroyed by Tampa at home. They lose a close one to Seattle. Then they lose to the Niners. So they're three and three after week six. Then they win two in a row. Then they lose to Pittsburgh. Then they beat the Bears. Then they get destroyed by the Ravens. This team has had really high highs and low lows. Because they bounce back and they beat Seattle. They have a big win over Seattle, 28-12. to I believe that was a Thursday night game. And then they get demolished by the Dallas Cowboys last week. I mean, yes. it's impossible to predict what this team is, is going to do because they've proven that they're unpredictable. Yep. They've been consistently in, un, uh, inconsistent this year. And, I mean, it's, it's pretty pretty crazy because I, mean, I know we talked about a couple weeks ago just their holes in the offensive line and where the money's tied up right now and stuff like that but I mean it's I mean it's it's a serious thing I mean it's looking like this road golf is a road golf I mean it's kind of what we what we've talked about before that they just when they go on the road and these games I mean they get blown out like they did last week against the Cowboys and it just I, I don't know this team is this team doesn't seem like it's trending on the right path right now. And it seems like when it rains, it pours for, for this defense for the Rams because they've had three games this year where they've given up more than 40 points. And I can't remember an, a team that we all thought was elite. And when you look at the roster on defense, they have elite guys. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. You know, they, they have all pro caliber players, but they give up so many points in, in some of these games, and then and, and then they have other games where they give up zero points or ten points, and they look great. And it's you, it's, I think it's the defensive challenges is is the biggest for for the Rams. 
that going into play San Francisco, I don't know what's going to happen because San Francisco has proven, while they're not a totally elite offensive team, that they can win shootouts. Yeah, it's like you said, the defense, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been terrible. Uh, 44 points to the Cowboys, 28 to the Seahawks, I mean, uh, 12 to the Seahawks uh, the week before. It's just like, I, I mean, I just, I mean, you, like you said, you just don't know what you're going to get every Sunday. And, and with the players on that roster, it just it doesn't make sense. So, do, do you think the league has caught up to McVeigh? This is a big talking point during the season. I think will be a huge talking point after the season if, if McVeigh and the Rams don't make the playoffs. Is do you think the league has caught up to McVeigh and his style of play that they figured it out? Yeah, I think so, and I think. Uh, I think that has a factor. I think, like you said, I mean, these contracts before are just, I mean, that, that's going to tie them up to where, I mean, last season kind of, I mean, it's starting, I don't want to say fluke, but it's kind of looking like that. Like that could be just a one year, just outliner. And it's just, they just don't seem to be trending in the right direction. And they don't have first round picks for, I think the next four years, it might be it might be a while, but they don't have any first-round picks through the different trades they've they've made. So that's a big thing too. Is that it's going to be a lot harder to rebuild and reload this roster as well. So yep. enough about the Rams. You have any thoughts on the 49ers? This def- uh, I'll say quickly. The Niners' defense is great, and I think they are in trouble because they by losing that game against Atlanta last week are now the fifth seed. That they need to win. To not just make the playoffs, but they but they need home field, ideally. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they're going to come in, and I, I think they're going to bounce back. I, I think they'll win. What's the line? Like, I think a touchdown, probably six and a half. I think they'll probably cover that. Yeah, I, I think they'll come out and they're just they're just a better offense. They're a better team overall. Defense is still really good. Uh, Jimmy G still, I mean, I I think he's a, I mean, he's he's a winnable quarterback in the NFL. I don't know how, you know, I don't know if he's top tier or anything, but uh, I, and I think with Shanahan, I think they still they got a good offense, good good couple backs, and they're uh, I think they'll take 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 care of uh, the Rams this weekend. And this is a big big game too, because maybe a little bit, maybe the Falcons a little bit of, of a trap game because they play the Rams this week and then the Niners go to Seattle next Sunday for the NFC West and maybe even home field advantage in the NFC on the line. So that will be a really exciting game, but I agree with you. I think San Francisco wins on Saturday night. This game's at 8-15 on Saturday night. I think the Niners win. I think they win 30-17. to I think it'll be a big win and that they'll put up some points on this Rams defense because they'll get golf to turn the ball over too. I think that'll be a big, big factor. So moving on to the next game, we got we got two more games, Taylor. We got the Saints and the Titans. I kind of like this game, uh, A, because the Saints are really good, and the Titans are one of the big surprises of the NFL. They're 8-6. and six. This game's at Tennessee. Uh, and I think it'll be a chance for them to prove themselves against one of the best teams in the NFL. I know they lost to Houston last week, but... They're right on the verge of, of the playoffs as well. Yeah, uh, I'm excited about this game too. As a Saints fan, uh, Tennessee's, Tennessee's Tennessee's been playing well, so I, I I don't expect it to be easy, but I do think the Saints will win. Um, I think they just I know they got a few injuries up front and uh, and on the D line, but I, I think I was pretty excited about the Janoris Jenkins uh, signing. You guys can have uh, him. You guys can have the Jack Rabbit. He's he's a lot of trouble. He's better than Eli Apple, so I'm <laughs> That's true. So yeah. So I think that was an upgrade and I like you said, Tannehill's been playing really well for, for Tennessee. What is he? Uh seven and or I'm not even sure, five and five and one. Yeah. Is that right? Since he started? Mm-hmm. It's 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 amazing. I, I think I think I think it was Ryan Russillo, it might have been Bill Simmons who who said this when, when said this and I loved it, which is that it turns out that when they had a that the Tennessee when they had a terrible quarterback, 
struggled, and when they had a good quarterback or just a not terrible quarterback, they're actually pretty good. Yeah, it's crazy how it's that crazy, works out. Right? A pretty good roster and good running back, good defense. I mean, it's, you know, if you had a little quarterback just to help out a little bit, it actually works. But uh, yeah, that's what. So I mean, I'm not looking past this game at all. I think the I think it's going to be a a dogfight, and uh, hopefully the Saints pull it out late. As a Saints fan, when you when you see that Ryan Tannehill is is coming to town. Are you scared? Are you nervous? Are you happy? What What are your emotions when when you see that Ryan Tannehill is coming in for for this big game? Uh, I mean, I think he's done the way he's played recently. I mean, a little nervous, but like you said, I, I feel pretty comfortable in the Saints' defense right now. I think it's uh, just need to try to limit turnovers on offense and. Uh, I think I think they'll they'll do pretty well against Tannehill. Yeah, what I really wanted to say was I'm not worried about Ryan Tannehill. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if if I was facing Tannehill, I I wouldn't be worried that much either. It's he's played well this year, but this is I think his real first matchup against an elite team in in the NFL. I mean, yeah, he did beat the Chiefs, so I'll, I'll give him that, but. Uh, I think the big factor is that this game's at home and it's Drew Brees outside. So we'll see what what happens in that one. I think the Saints, I think your Saints will win this one comfortably. I do think that Tennessee has a chance to keep it close because Derrick Henry is a beast. This guy on about just over 270 carries this year has over 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns. He might be one of the three or four best running backs in the NFL, and it feels like no one's talking about him. Yep, he's finally showing out. I mean, I was, I mean, he split carries with Deion Lewis last year. I mean, but this, like you said, this season, I mean, he's he's shown that he, I mean, he he's an NFL back, and I mean, he if they ride him, he he can provide for sure. So, but, uh, and and yeah. your and your Saints have a good run defense, so it'll be interesting to see. I think it's top five. Yeah, in rush yards. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens and if Tennessee is able because that that's how they beat. Uh, Kansas City is that they were able to keep Mahomes off the field for a while and really just run the ball and run the ball and control the time of the clock and keep that offense off the field. We, let, let's see if they can do that with the Saints. I don't think so because I think the Saints' defense is, is way better than Kansas City's. Yep, I agree. So I got the Saints in this one. You got your Saints in this one. I think this is this is the second one we agreed on. So we both – so we agreed on two. We Disagreed on two. Coming up, the game five of the week. This game, you know, Monday Night Football this year has actually been really good. The Packers of Green Bay are going to Minnesota on Monday Night Football. This is the 11-3 Packers versus the 10-4 Vikings. Monday night, 8-15. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I... I cannot wait for this game. I think this game is going to be awesome. Uh, and it's a chance for Kirk Cousins to prove finally, finally that he can play in these big games when the lights are on. Because if he can't do it this one, he can't do it. And I'm giving up on him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm super fired up for this game too. This is a, it's a great Monday night game. I mean, the schedule for this whole weekend has been they, they just spread them out in pretty good days but uh this one to end the weekend i mean i uh i'm pretty excited to see uh this rivalry i think i think vikings are just too they're just they're too good i think their roster's too good uh i don't know uh what what i think dalvin cook's still questionable do you know anything about that because that's kind of a big deal but he is He's unlikely to play as of yesterday. Uh, he said some quotes about how he is about, you know, he's, it's all about managing pain, and I think he'll be a true game-time decision. I think is okay. the expectation. I just, I, I still, I mean, I just, I, I like Minnesota. I think their roster's too good. I think Green Bay's kind of snuck by a little bit, and I, I've, I've been... I mean, I've liked Green Bay a lot too. I think they got some really good young DBs, and I think their future is good for defense. But I just don't. 
I don't think this year I decide I think they've snuck by too much and I think Minnesota's got a chance to to uh, to show to show that a little bit that it's a little fraudulent a little bit and uh, I think Kirk Cousins got to show I mean he's got a chance again to where he's you know I mean you, you finally get on the train of Kirk Cousins and then he does I mean has a has a stinker so I think this is the one where all the lights are shining again and uh, division on the line I think this is this is it so can I can I uh, read some stats to you about Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers the guy is. 300 completions on 474 attempts. That's 63% completion percentage for over 3,400 yards, 24 touchdowns, and two interceptions. In his last five games, he's seven touchdowns, zero interceptions for almost 1,000 yards. So he's not chucking the ball down the field a lot, but he's putting the ball in the end zone. He did have that game against San Francisco, which was a disaster for the for the whole team, but he's four and one in, in that stretch. Are you yep, sure you want to go against the bad man, as Stephen A. Smith calls him, the bad man, Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I like Minnesota too much right now, man. I just, I, I, like I said, they're just, if Dalvin Cook plays too, I think that's just, I think it's, I don't know, I just, I, I just like Minnesota's roster overall. I think their defense is really good and, uh, uh, without feeling this year too, I just, I just, I, I think they're, I think they're a really good squad, and I think Kirk Cousins is still, a, I mean, a top ten quarterback in the league, and he's, he's, he's gonna make the plays. Wow, I mean, you're just, you're just praising Minnesota so much. It's just, it just comes back to, I, I, I want to go there with you because if Dalvin Cook plays, I'm there with you, you know, yeah. and I think Minnesota's defense is good, and the Packers. The Packers have been solid, but they've had some real big stinkers. They had that game against the Eagles on Thursday night where they lost. They get destroyed by San Francisco on Sunday night. But they've won all the games that they're supposed to win. You know? And I think that that means something. Yes, they've won a bunch of close games, but they've won the most of the they've won pretty much all the games that they're supposed to win. And I mean, yeah, I completely agree. They just I don't know. They just like you said, the, the, the bigger games, the 49ers, uh, I mean, that was a huge stinker. I mean, everybody has those, but I mean, they struggled against the Redskins. They uh, Trubisky. I mean, they, they tried to let Trubisky come back last week on them. I decided. I don't know. I I've just seen Aaron Rodgers on prime time before. The dude shows up, yep. and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, well, what about the 49ers this year?" Okay, he had one week game on, in in prime time, but I don't know. It's just I he just has the ability that just his history just is making me pick them, and I don't feel great about it. I'm not gonna lie, I don't feel great about it. But this is more this is an Aaron Rodgers pick because as much as I want to go with the Vikings, Kirk Cousins has let me down so many times that I just I'm. I don't know if, if I can do it again. Yeah, when we when we, when we talk next week, I'll probably I'll probably be back down on that Kirk, Kirk Cousins bandwagon. Just like I just said, whenever he finally starts playing well, you know that's that's when that stinker is probably coming from him. But I just I'm hoping it's not not this weekend. And the last two things I'll add: the Vikings are four and zero at home this year, or sorry, they're six and zero at home, and they are favored by five and a half. So take that what you will take that information as you will i got the packers i think they win by three i'll say 31 28 i'm 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 gonna take the vikings to win but probably pack cover gotcha okay okay close game i like it yeah close game so speaking of speaking of odds there's a player who is currently projected to win an award at minus five thousand, any idea who who that is? I'd probably say he plays for Baltimore. He does play for Baltimore. Great job! Is it's Lamar Jackson to win the NFL MVP? Currently, is minus five thousand. That, for those who don't understand gambling, that basically means it's a lock, right? Like, is as much of a lock as it could get. Yeah, pretty. I mean, that's that's yeah. It's, MVP is that high. It's, I mean, it's it's pretty much telling you. I think I think 
Burroughs minus 5,000 through like the last few weeks of the season. So, so do you think that anyone at this point could beat him out or, or Lamar could do anything that to, to lose the award or is this, or is this his literally, and he should just get the award already. Uh, I think he'll probably win. I think Russell should get some more knowledge. I think he's doing it with a lot, a lot worse of a cast than Lamar is right now. Uh, I think Lamar's, I mean, Baltimore's roster is pretty, pretty damn good. And I think Seattle's very, very average of a roster and the players he has around him compared to Lamar. So I, I think uh, Russell definitely deserves more of a look, but I don't. I think they'll end up giving it to Lamar. His season his guys are just too too good. Lamar has made me eat my words this year. Kelly in the preseason yep. had him as his MVP and I laughed. I I I actually laughed uh <laughs> during during the podcast. Uh and he's proven me wrong every single week. Every single week. The guy has over he has over two thousand. He's almost at twenty nine hundred passing yards, thirty three touchdowns, six interceptions. He's ran for over eleven hundred yards and seven more touchdowns. And the most impressive thing is that he's completing sixty six percent of his passes. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, we talked about it before. They just they they set it. I mean, they set up that offense perfectly designed for him, and he's. I mean, he's he's showing everybody that. I mean, he's he's a legitimate quarterback in this league, and I mean, he's he's I mean, he's doing kind of I mean a little bit what Steph Curry did to the NBA. He's kind of changing the game a little bit. Where it's I mean, you don't have to be six five, you know, two sixty with a giant arm. Yeah, you could you you just have to be what one of the most dynamic, quick athletes ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but I I just think that his growth in terms of his compl- his completion and his accuracy. I want to see next year what it what it looks like as well, because uh, I don't know if Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, has got who's gotten so much of the credit for turning this this around and building this Baltimore offense. I think there's a good chance he's a head coach somewhere next year. So it will be another offensive coordinator working with Jackson in his third year to see. Okay, how does that? How does he respond to that? But just in terms of this season, I've never seen – I shouldn't be so hyperbolic. But the jump that he's made from year one to year two where in the playoff game he was on the verge of being benched for Joe Flacco because he couldn't complete a pass against the Chargers, I think it was, yep. to being the runaway MVP eight, you know, ten months later – that's a I give so much credit to him for the way that he's worked and the way that that organization has just built that team around him and put him in positions to succeed. Yeah, I just I, like you said, it's it's pretty crazy the turnaround he had. I'm very, very, very impressed with how he's done it. I mean, he's it just seems like I mean it, all the hard work he's put in is starting to pay off for him, and you can just I mean everything I've heard around just how he comes in early and. You know, hangs out in the treatment room with guys whenever he's not even getting treatment. He's just—it just seems like I mean, it's it's working out for him. I mean, he's he's a good guy and he's getting—I mean, he's getting getting what he deserves. Do you think that this is a part of a larger trend of young quarterbacks being able to adjust really quickly to the NFL now? Because Mahomes won MVP last year, basically as a rookie. Yes, he set out a year, but. In his first year of really playing, he set the league on fire and won the MVP. Jackson, in his second year, wins the MVP or is going to win the MVP. Do you think this is now going to be a part of a larger trend of these guys are coming into the coming into the league? A, they're just a lot better uh, through all the quarterback coaches in high school and college that their development is just at a that they're just more advanced coming into the NFL, ready to ready to contribute, or do you? Th- and that the league is just more pass happy and better equipped for these quarterbacks to come in and put up huge numbers, or do you think that these two guys are 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 outliers? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that 
I mean, not just the quarterback position. I think overall the college game is just has gotten so much better, and the players have gotten so much better uh, that they're able to come in and contribute immediately. Uh, I think that's just all around the field. Um, I think <laughs> Lamar and and uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes are they're <laughs> they're two very very special players, each with their own uh, in their own ways, and uh, I think that's. I mean that, that's a that's a big deal of it too. But I I think the college game, I think all these coaches and the the high school camps, all the stuff they're going through now, it's it's really is is preparing them to be able to come in and and, uh, and maybe not you know I mean maybe not dominating me like Patrick Mahomes and uh, and uh, uh, Lamar did, but I, I just I think that it just it gives them advantage where they they have the tools where if they they just kind of just slow it down themselves. Once that game slows down, you know it just it just makes it so much easier for them. And I just I think that the, they're 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 two very special players. But I think at the same time, it's also that the game's just getting better. That's a really interesting point you just made about the game slowing down for them because that's something that happens at different moments for different athletes. So we talk about all the time or, you know, Malcolm Gladwell wrote the book about, you know, 10,000 hours and 10,000 hours of meaningful practice means you master something. But that, that moment of when the game slows down happens differently for everyone else. It can happen earlier or later for a lot of guys. And it's interesting if it happens, if it, it's obviously a huge advantage to happen early, but it's not something you can really, or maybe it is, but, do you think that that's something you can practice and train for? Is is there a way to get the game to slow down at a certain point? Is it just better coaching, or is it just like a certain number of reps? Or so I think that's a really interesting phenomenon you just you just mentioned. Uh, I mean, I I personally don't know because I haven't been in the situation, but I think it's more of just when when you start to relax and you start to kind of just see the game from. I mean, as you would kind of like watching film, just kind of just. You know, just kind of just see it over whenever you're you're just walking in there under under center or something like that. Just kind of just being able to read what's going on, not thinking too much. Just just trust what you what you practice for in your training, what you were coached. I think that that just it, like you said, it comes it comes to special people at different times, and I think those are two special guys that it, it looks like it slowed down for them. But you also made a good point with uh, if Lamar does lose his uh, offensive coordinator, that that's that's a that's that's a big deal. It's not easy to come back from whenever you're changing nonstop like that. So I, I think that'll be very interesting to see if he does stick with Baltimore or try to get a new job. And the value of the offensive coordinator is Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in, in Atlanta. And Matt Ryan wins the MVP. He goes to obviously coach the 49ers. And Matt Ryan really has never been the same. And that Atlanta offense has never been the same. Not saying the same thing is going to happen to Lamar, but the offensive coordinator is is a big deal. So last Lamar-related question. Of the MVPs, let, let's limit it to the last six years. So I'll read off the MVPs because in 2012, AP won. So the last six MVPs were Mahomes, Brady, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Rodgers, and Manning. Peyton Manning, that is. As much as I wanted Eli to win one, he, he never did. Uh, where does this season... Re- rank for you amongst those MVP performances or whose is it most similar to in, in your mind? Uh, it reminds me the most of the Cam Newton season. I think this overall just kind of Baltimore team too. They just, it seems like they're just kind of running through everybody and they're just, they're, they're just, I mean, they're just better than everybody this year and they're just running through everyone. And I think that's, he kind of reminds me of that year. I mean, not the same player at all, but, that just kind of just seems what, to me, what that, that kind of reminds me of. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of the Cam Newton season, and it also kind of reminds me of that Matt Ryan season, too, of guys taking huge leaps out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that Atlanta team was ridiculously good. Everyone remembers them for blowing the, the Super Bowl in that lead, but they ran through the NFC that, that year, and so did Carolina. And... I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens because both those guys took huge steps down after after those runs to the Super Bowl. So who knows if Baltimore 
gets to the Super Bowl this year, what happens next year? So I'm really in. Yep. So I'm really in, intrigued by that. So last topic, or sorry, two topics to go. We'll, we'll make this one quick because we kind of talked about it. Tom Brady. We you know we had to do it. We had to talk about the greatest quarterback of all time because he struggled this year. Let's just let's just face it. The Patriots offense has struggled this year more than they have in recent years or in recent memory, you know? So it's something we need to talk about because everyone else is talking about it. Uh, let me read out his stats this year. Okay, so he's 3,500 yards, 21 touchdowns, and, and seven interceptions. But, you know, because that sounds pretty good, right? 60% completion, that sounds pretty good. But in the last five games, he's... 51% completion, just over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, and two interceptions, and they're three and two. Mitch Trubisky, in the last five games, is 64% completion, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns, and seven interceptions. So obviously Trubisky throws many more interceptions, but you could say he's been in a lot of ways a lot more dynamic. Than, than Brady and similar in in a lot of ways too, like Mitch Trubisky has completed a higher percentage of his passes this year than than Tom Brady. Trubisky's at sixty three percent and Brady's at sixty. Yeah, I just I, well, we can't we can't compare him to Trubisky's stats though. I just I just I mean he's too good of a quarterback I think for that. I just I mean. I still don't think Trubisky's that good of a player, but I I know what you're going at. I just uh. I don't know. I, like you said, yeah. I mean, you can see it. Like Tom's throws. I mean, they they don't they don't look uh, they don't look the same. And I think it's just they he needs he needs those weapons. I, I just keep saying that. It's just I think he doesn't really have that that separate separation type receiver that he needs that he's kind of used to a little bit. And uh, I think that and the O line, he's getting he's getting more pressure. And I mean, we're just watching the games. You can tell he's he's more frustrated than usual. So there's. I think he's still got it. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not. I can't count out Tom Brady until I. I mean, I see with my eyes that he just see he can't do it anymore, and I don't think that's it yet. I think it's. I mean, it's. I think it's. I mean, we're we're getting near that point, but I don't think it's yet. Okay, it's it it is unfair to compare him to true to Trubisky, <laughs> but that was that was a clear point of. Hey, this, something's up with this guy because yep. Trubisky is known as a bad quarterback. And there are certain stats that if you just look at the stats would tell you Trubisky has been better. And this is the greatest of all time that, that we're talking about. And it's, it's not like the Peyton Manning final season where Peyton's body was decaying on the field and he literally couldn't throw anymore. It almost looked like a child trying to throw f- footballs because they just weren't strong enough, you know, to throw like an NFL-sized football. So they had to like loop and lob it. Yep. The ducks Peyton was throwing out there, really on anything farther on the field than just like a quick slant throw. It doesn't look like that at all. He still has the zip. He still he still runs pretty well, and you know as well as Brady could ever run. And I don't know. It's like. It's weird to say that it's something wrong with the roster of the Patriots because they have been known through Brady and Belichick's whole regime of having great rosters. And it's weird to say that, hey, like, they just don't have the weapons because we're so used to him having Randy Moss and Gronk and also making the most of the weapons he's had, like turning guys like Dion Branch into superstar players and turning Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola into super into star wide receivers. Maybe star is a harsh for is too much for Amendola, but we're used to Brady elevating these guys and it seems more like he can't do that anymore. I think that's the biggest takeaway from these last five, six games. Um, I'm I'm with you and Brina, I mean the, the one the one piece that he's missing the most is Gronk. That's what you're saying. I mean they like they're probably, I mean, I, I saw a stat. I think they're like 31st out of 32 teams and using the tight end this year. And it's just, I mean, it's been terrible. 
I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Their top receiving yard tight end this year is Ben Watson with 154 yards. Wow. It's just, I mean, that's I, just, I mean, he's got 13 catches, and he's their leading tight end receiver right now. It's just so they're just that that losing Gronk is, was a huge deal, and I think it's showing it this year. I did not know it was that futile. The 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 tight end numbers that wow that that is shocking, but I couldn't agree with you more. It's Gronk was the safety blanket. Gronk was the guy who no matter what he could turn to in big moments, and he's doing Fox. He's doing Fox Sports. So uh, you know you, you hate to feel bad for the guy because because you, you can't because he brings a lot of this on on himself, and he has won six Super Bowls. So everyone is waiting and so happy to see him struggle. Do you think that it's possible? I don't think it is. Do you think that it's possible that the Patriots move on this winter? Uh, I just I don't I don't see it happening. I mean, I, I guess I mean I guess from the business perspective, but I, I just think just what he's what Tom's done for this franchise. I mean, something. I mean, they were not they were not a good franchise before he got there, and I just I, I just. I just don't think they'd do it to him. I think he, he deserves more than that. I think it would if he does move on, it's on him. I think I think that's I think that's the only the only factor of that happening. I, I have a hard time believing they would too, but the Patriots under Belichick have always gotten rid of guys the year before yep. they turn bad. They're always a year early. And maybe they see stuff every day at practice that we don't see. Where it's hey Tom Tom's losing it a little bit, let's get rid of him now, let's cut bait now so we don't have to go through what the Broncos had to do with Peyton Manning of actually benching him because he wasn't good enough anymore. And I'm not saying Brady won't be good enough next year, but it's are they really going to bet on a 43 year old quarterback ne- next year to stay healthy, be really good, and not you know really decline a lot and Belichick and I do think that there's something about Belichick's Brady relation Brady's relationship that's come out the last few years of it seems like they have a great working relationship but it wouldn't surprise me if Belichick wants to move on from Brady to prove that he a can cut anyone and that no one is bigger than the pads and no one's bigger than the team and, and all that stuff and also to try to prove, hey, I can win without Brady. I think I think that's a factor. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, I mean, Belichick's proven that he, he does. He gets he gets rid of the guys before they they uh, they really drop off. I just I just I don't know. I feel like he's he's the one outlier. I feel like there's always just one guy that you make exceptions for, and all and, and just in cases. And I just I think this is the one exception. I think if, if it would have to be a mutual agreement, I don't think they can just force Tom out. I think it would like I think Tom would have to like fully agree to it, just because I mean they like I mean I I would rather personally I would rather a forty three year old Tom Brady than a Jared Stidham, but that's I mean that's just me. I mean probably just being a Bama fan, but just watching <laughs> Stidham, I, I just don't think he's ready for NFL. But <laughs> I just yeah it's. I, I think I think it's it would be uh, I think it has to be up to Tom's decision. Yeah, that would be yeah that yeah when you put it in, in those terms, Stidham versus Brady. <laughs> but I yeah. but I, I think what the Pats want is them to win the Super Bowl and convince Brady to retire and go out on top with seven because then they don't have to yep. face this decision. But I don't know if the Patriots will win the Super Bowl this year. The favorites I think are the Ravens coming out of the the AFC or the Chiefs who have now both beaten the Pats. And if let's say they lose in, in the second round to Kansas City, if they have to go to Arrowhead and Mahomes beats them, I don't think Brady retires unless he goes out on top. And I don't think yeah. he's, he's the type of guy who can walk away. I think he's a guy who you have to kick out. He'll he'll be like the the Kobe Bryant, Derek, uh, like 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 the Kobe Bryant, Peyton Manning, where it's he physically is no longer the same guy, and he's hanging on, hanging on until it's like, hey, like you can't do this anymore. So it'll be interesting to see. I it'll be an exciting offseason no matter what happens for the Patriots because they are America's team. So they will always lead all the discussion, especially around the draft and free agency, because everyone's going to talk about will the Patriots take a quarterback? 
And, you know, Tua could fall because of that injury. And if he falls, everyone's going to talk about the Patriots. So be really interesting to see. Last topic, because I know you got to you know you got to go and, and start enjoying the weekend and enjoying all the football. Eli Manning quite possibly played his last game in the New York Giants blue at MetLife Stadium this past Sunday in a win over the Washington Deadskins. I think it was the Deadskins, right? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, uh, this past, was the fans, the Dolphins. was the Dolphins. He's, they were playing the, the Deadskins th- this week. Yep. They, they played Fitzmagic. And he won. He couldn't beat the Eagles, but he played great against the Eagles the first week. And it was just a great, great farewell game for Eli because it perfectly captured what it was like to root for him and his whole career. was that he was terrible in the first half, just dreadful, but then bounced back and had crazy highs as well. So you got to see the highs and the lows of Eli all in one game prove that he could be the worst quarterback in the league at certain moments and also the best quarterback in the league at other moments. And he's now still a career 500 quarterback for his Hall of Fame case, which I think will be really interesting. I think he's a definite Hall of Famer as we leave this era and leave the Patriots era and we see that A, Eli beat him beat them twice in two huge upsets. And was the Super Bowl MVP? I think that that will get him into the into the Hall of Fame. But I just want to say thank you to Eli Manning for being my quarterback for 15 years of me growing up rooting for football. This guy was a true professional, was just a leader and a great role model for Giants fans and young Giants fans. And just want to say thank you for for being our quarterback and and our captain. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I I like Eli a lot. Um, I, I've always been a big fan of him. Don't, I mean, not like I said, not just just as a person in general. I think he's I think he's a great person. He comes from a great family, and uh, I was happy to see how they how they sent him off this past weekend. I was glad he got one more game. I was scared he was going to get the only one start, but uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's 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 pretty remarkable that his, that his final uh, wins and losses are dead even. I think that's 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 hilarious to me. And it's, but he, uh, it's perfect, Eli. It makes so much sense. Yeah, <laughs> it is a hundred percent Eli. But yeah, it's, uh, we just yeah. I mean, he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. We're forever thankful that he stopped the Pats' undefeated season because I don't yeah. know if we ever would have heard the end of that. But uh, so I, I mean, I just I. I'm a big fan of Eli. I'm glad he got to get the send off in MetLife that he deserved. Um, I think he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. I think he will be a Hall of Famer. And uh, yeah, just uh, I know this is probably this is a bittersweet moment for you, just seeing him walk off the last time. But um, yeah, I was I was happy for him. Be able I, to go out on the win. I, I may have come close to shedding some some man tears when when, when MetLife <laughs> chanted his name and he came out of the game for for the final time in the in the Giants blue, uh, you know he's he's an icon and, and a legend in New York City. He's not the same level, obviously, of Derek Jeter because Jeter won five rings, but he'll never pay for a meal in the city if if he wants. He'll he'll always be cherished and and loved. Because as we get away from the week to week of Eli, we'll we'll remember the the great moments and, and those Super Bowls. And he's a giant legend. He's a New York City legend. And just thank, just want to thank him for just being a you know as, as you said a a great role model and leader for Giants fans everywhere and football fans everywhere. So with that being said, Taylor, do you have any any last words for for the people? No, just. Uh... Hope everybody has a great football weekend this weekend. Well, uh, a good Merry Christmas to everyone. We'll probably talk next time before these playoff games kick off on the 28th. And, uh, yes, just hope everybody has a great Christmas. Hope you have a great Christmas, David. And yes, you too. And, yep. you know, with, with, with the holidays coming up, we, the schedule may be a little weird. That's kind of why, you know, we're recording this one on a Friday. The holidays kind of mess up some things. But, hey, we, we keep it rolling. We'll... We'll make it work and, and get the content out. So we just want to wish all of our Double Double listeners a very happy holiday season, whatever you celebrate. And we're just 
can't wait to keep talking sports, football, basketball, at the end of the 2019 and into the next decade in the 2020. So, Taylor, thanks for coming on as always. Take care and make it a great day.